there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. If you want to be a journalist or a writer, or if you're interested in a career in artificial intelligence or robotics, then this is the episode for you, my friends. But before I introduce you to my remarkable guest, Gail Semak Limon, I want to make sure that you've all signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's our weekly free newsletter that goes out every Monday to give Java Junkies a heads up on the five new episodes we'll be dropping that week. And it is super easy to do. Just go over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org, and it's right there on the homepage. And while you're there, you can check out the dozens of other episodes we've dropped, which are all organized by professional tracks, whether it's the other journalists we've interviewed, those in international development, marketing, sales, IT, tech, and computer science, or even those in the sports field. Now, grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is the acclaimed author, journalist, and storyteller, Gail Simak Limon, who began writing about entrepreneurship in conflict and post-conflict settings while she was in graduate school at Harvard. And that was following a decade when she was covering politics at the ABC News Political Unit. Gail has written two New York Times bestsellers, both of which I've read and highly recommend, including The Dressmaker of Harkana and Ashley's War, the untold story of a team of women soldiers on the special ops battlefield. Gail is also the chief marketing officer at the technology firm Shield AI for artificial intelligence, an AI robotics company that builds products for first responders and service members in the U.S. military. Gail, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? Yes, although I always need more caffeine as a rule. Don't we all? I tell you, thank goodness for Java. So, Gail, we are going to jump right in to the espresso shots, which are 10 quick questions to help our young Java junkies between the ages of 18 and 25 better understand how to break into, in this case, the fields of journalism, writing, and entrepreneurship. First question, what entry-level jobs are available to Java junkies who want to break into these fields? It's a good question because the economics are so challenging now. I think for writing, there are lots of places you can write. The bigger question is who is going to pay you. But when young people call me and ask me how to get started writing, I always say just start writing and then figure out homes for it. And by the way, figure out another way to pay your rent in the meantime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So wherever you are, whether you're still in school, start writing, start a blog, maybe write for the school newspaper, see if you can find ways to hustle. And then what about internships? You know, internships exist. And I think now they actually are largely paid. If you're talking about the news side, it still is a very idea entrepreneurial vision, though, that you have to have where you have to sell yourself and really show what you bring to the discussion that is different. 
because I think the more pressure there is on newsrooms, and, and I want to be clear, I stopped working in daily news a while back in part because of this, because there's so much challenge in terms of doing work you believe in. But I think there really is a huge opportunity for folks who are entering the job market to find areas that they love to write about and find homes for them because there's never been a better time to actually create content that can find its own audience. Absolutely. And you are on the West Coast, which is the sort of, I was thinking Mecca for entrepreneurship. What about entry level jobs in that field? Yes. I mean, I think in technology, there is, you know, so much of it is obviously on the engineering side, there's such a hunt for talent. So I would say that that really matters. And then on the storytelling and marketing side, there is always a need for people who understand how to make stories deeply personal. And I think, you know, if you listen to the Andreessen Horowitz podcast, they've done such a good job of making accessible, very big ideas. And that kind of storytelling, wrapping stories around uh, things that are happening and making very big picture ideas feel accessible and digestible, there's always a market for people who do that. Fantastic. Gail, what is a useful skill or skills that you have looked for in the young people that you've hired? Two things, I would say. The first is the ability to synthesize key information and communicate it in a really timely manner and in a calm manner and in a manner that actually imparts, you know, here are three things that we need to care about on this issue because of A, B, and C. So I think that ability to communicate key nuggets and data nuggets effectively is the first one. And the second one, honestly, is the ability to work hard. You know, so many times I think we are all looking for shortcuts or ways around the work. There is no way around the work but through the work, period. I love it. I hear you and I second that. (laughs) Gail, is someone's major a deciding factor to get into your profession. And because you are such a multifaceted person, I am talking about both the fields of writing and journalism and, of course, the business side. Yes, I think on the storytelling side, right, especially because on the books and media and sharing stories side, I would say that majors don't matter very much. What matters is the ability to execute and a passion for the work. And on the technology side, I think degrees actually do matter. Doesn't mean that it has to be on the technical side, because outside of the technical realm, there is a huge need for people who can see around corners and think creatively on the business side of technology. But I do think that degrees matter there because of the very specific training you can get either in computer science or in mathematics or on the marketing side or on the storytelling side of the business or on the finance and accounting, because I think the more specialized your knowledge is in that realm, the the more effective you can be. Great. Now, I know you have your MBA from Harvard, but how important do you think it is less for the entry level roles, more for the C-suite roles to have that graduate school degree? I think it matters because of the exposure it gives you as you're coming up. I don't think it matters in terms of you effectively executing once you're in the C-suite. I think it matters in helping you see what the issues are going to be and think creatively about how to find challenges before they arrive. And so I do think that having a graduate degree can be a real help when it comes to leading an organization. That said, 
I am not a believer that there is one cookie cutter path or that any elite institution should be a finishing school for people who otherwise would not be successful. I think you already have to have the drive and the grit to get there. But I do think that the exposure and what you actually learn in graduate school can help you once you are in one of those roles to not just do your job well, but also to bring other people up from all kinds of backgrounds, not just the cookie cutter Ivy League, you know, elite institution background, which I think is honestly less and less important as creativity matters more and more. Wonderful. Gail, what kind of life experiences, in your opinion, are the most useful for someone starting out in these fields? I always joke that I look for people who've borne adversity because I feel like they can handle the pressures and perspective that is required to succeed in either storytelling or the private sector. I really do think that people who have not had it easy on the way to reaching their first job or their second job are the people that I look for and want to support. I don't think I've done enough on this, but it's something I think about a lot as I look at people who are coming in. And I do think that experience now with technology's aid is something you can gain well before your first job. And I urge people to actually do the work required to do that. Yeah. The school of hard knocks actually counts. (laughs) Gail, what is the best part for you of being in these professions? The joy that comes from the work. You know, I really love, I think on the storytelling and book writing side, I love the privilege of inserting yourself into people's worlds and lives and taking worlds that most people will never see for themselves and making them accessible and deeply personal to people, especially the more different the backgrounds look, right? I mean, the best part of storytelling is taking away the other. It is our de-otherization tool. And so to really put people in worlds that they otherwise would not get to experience only is possible because people trust you enough to let you into their worlds on the other side of that. And so to be in Syria or Afghanistan or Ohio and have people trust you with their story is to me the hugest privilege. And on the technology side, it's storytelling. I have such a deep passion for businesses which are setting out to make a difference for the better and to be able to make their stories reachable to people and to be able to advance the business by creating a narrative that people can understand and that that feels accessible to people is something I love. And the passion that you have for it just comes right out of the microphone. I got to tell you, the flip side, because every job, I don't care how much you love it, has parts that suck. What for you are the parts of your current jobs that suck the most? I got to tell you, I honestly don't have anything that I deeply dislike about any of the work I do now. But I will say, you know, I love the national security space. The tedium I have, though, of writing books in it, of transcribing my own interviews and going through my notebooks is probably the thing that I do the least well. I mean, those notebooks will just sit there and there's nobody (laughs) who can do because truly it's my sprawl. And so there's no one who can actually just pick up my notebooks and dump them into a computer. And you have to do the work. So you actually do gain by putting your notes into it. But I absolutely dread it. And on the technology side, there's actually really nothing. I have a great team. I really love the work that I get to to do and that I do. I think the, the only thing I would do would be if I could create the technology that would put everything I need to read on a disk that would automatically insert into my brain so that I wouldn't spend two hours every morning reading. (laughs) I think that would be great because I would love to have those two hours for sleep. Well, maybe Shield AI could add that to its 
to-do list for the years to come to help us? Because I'd like that too. Gail, what is the best career advice you've ever gotten? Two pieces. One is this incredible woman named Nancy Dupree, who wrote books, lived in Afghanistan for five decades. She truly loved the country. She created the Afghanistan Center Kabul University and fundraised for it to give a world-class research center at Kabul University, which I used for the first book. And I remember going to her in the middle of writing my first book and saying, I just don't know. When do I, you know, I, I feel like I've done enough interviews. And she looked at me and said, at a certain point, you put your butt in the seat and start writing. <laughs> and honestly, that was probably the best advice. I think of her all the time when I'm procrastinating. And the second piece of advice was when I was applying to Harvard Business School. And I certainly didn't know people who had gone there. I did certainly didn't know people who were applying. And I just spent a year of my life obsessed with taking classes that I needed, taking GMAT prep, talking to people. I did know, I knew one HBS alum, a Harvard Business School alum who was really terrific, David Amos. And I just, you know, spent this whole year immersed in trying to apply. And I was so frustrated one night and I just, none of my GMAT tests were going well. And I I felt like it was never going to happen. And my cousin said, if it were easy, everyone would do this. It's supposed to be this hard. And that stayed with me, right? Which is, you know, to never look for the easy way out, but the right way in. I love it. Gail, what movies, if any, or Netflix, Hulu, Amazon shows, or fiction books, do you think accurately depict your professions? And you can pick one if you like. You don't have to do both. (laughs) I actually think Veep is the most accurate description of Washington. I think Veep gets at the personalities in Washington probably better than anything else I've seen. How many Jonas do we know? <laughs> I can't even tell you. I mean, just across the board, it's so perfect. And and I remember, you know, having come up in Washington, now much more on the national security side, but initially on the domestic politics side when I was at ABC. And I remember thinking, I love Washington and I deeply believe in service. So please don't take this the wrong way. But my rule for Washington is always, you can never go wrong by betting on people to be small. Yeah, it's true. Well, I think that's because maybe they're not as evolved as we are. And I'm a real student of human nature, so I don't even wish it were any other way. It just is what it is. I and that agree. was a very learned lesson. So, Gail, final espresso shot. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about your professions? I really think how much joy can come from them and from building a career that involves crossing worlds, that you can get so smart in so many different sectors and get so much smarter from learning from the people around you as you cross world. And what is conventional wisdom in one world is actually radically wild thinking in another. And you can really make contributions that matter because you have taken ideas that are standard in one profession and brought them to another and just been able to see the world from different perspectives is so very valuable. I love it. Gail, thank you so much for making time for coffee with me and the Java Junkie community today. You are such an exceptional woman. You are giving so much back in so many different ways. I know that Java Junkies are going to get a ton out of listening to you. And thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me and the Java Junkie community. My pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you 
always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.